Welcome to Talking Transfers, a brand new show from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth. How are we doing today, lads? It's a lovely spring morning. Morning, guys. Doing good. Good morning. Toby, you're going to join us pretty much permanently now? From oh, yeah. What, yeah. what are we on? Episode three, episode four? It's episode we're, four, isn't it? We're on episode four. Um, there was a vacancy for a top cat, and as you guys know... That's my office uh, nickname, or it's a new office nickname that Graham bestowed upon me. So, yeah, going to join you for the uh, weeks to come. West Ham had dominating, aren't they? West Ham had dominating, so there's room for him. But obviously, when they slip down the table, we might have to replace him with the Wolves correspondent. (laughs) Fantastic stuff. Uh, This is a brand new weekly show. We'll dig into the latest on the futures of the biggest names in world football, be it players or managers. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter, I believe. Uh, Graham's at is at Graham Bailey. I am at underscore Scott Saunders. And Toby, help me with yours. Is just is it just at Toby Cudworth? Toby underscore Cudworth, because I'm again a victim of somebody already had my name. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a guy on The Apprentice a few years ago who has my name. Uh, I'm not sure he has the, the Twitter handle, but Scott Saunders was, uh, I think he walked out of The Apprentice, actually, um, uh, if I remember, it's about five years ago now. Uh, but yes, uh, don't get me confused with him. We'll talk about on today's show uh, a little bit of Man United. It always seems to be Man United because I'm a Man United fan and a host of this podcast. So it's always going to be dragged into the conversation. Ralph Rannick chat, Eric Ten Hag chat, Paul Mitchell latest, David De Gea, Declan Rice linked with United. We'll talk about him as well. Jesse Lingard as well. We'll also speak about his future. We'll get into Newcastle because as Graham is reporting, there are, there's a lot on the agenda for Newcastle to do this summer. And we'll also talk a little bit at the end about Antonio Rudiger as well, leaving Chelsea because that looks pretty much nailed on now. But let's start, Graham, with, uh, with United. Uh, we have reported during the process of United's hiring of Eric Ten Hag, which has now been confirmed, that John Murter, who was leading the recruitment process, was or su- seeked out Ralph Rannick's advice. Uh, and he, what have we called him, Graham? We've we kind of said he's not a right hand man as such, but you know he really values his opinion. And Ralph Rannick has, as he confirmed last week. Uh, been an advocate of Eric Ten Hag and while he hasn't been directly involved in the process to recruit he has given his back into that appointment that appointment has since been made Uh, Ten Hag will take over in the next few weeks Uh, but as we know uh, by Ralph Rannick's press conferences he seems to be rubbing up the players the wrong way a little bit telling them some home truths and that kind of thing and it's it's caused a little bit of a split with uh within the squad they're split on everything it, it just seems but around Eric Ten Hag's appointment not everyone's convinced is that right? Yeah that is the case you No, know, we reported I think it was back April May time we've done so many stories on Ten Hag and Ragnick we said all along that Ragnick was involved and, and that is the case you know we spoke about him afterwards Ragnick was you know he was pushing Ten Hag it was his choice and Murta as you say to describe him as yeah maybe a confident he's a trusted ally uh, and he's using him. You know, it would have been a little bit silly to for Murta to put, to bring him in and then not use him. You know, and it's someone who he trusts. Uh, and and going with Ten Hag is that way as well. The players simply don't. The players haven't enjoyed working under Ragnick. They don't trust him in many ways. Some, well, some of them. This isn't all the squad, but some of them. And then if if suddenly Ragnick is singing Ten Hag's praises, then it does. Some players have become a little bit uneasy about Ten Hag's appointment. They think, well, if Ragnick loves this guy, we don't like him. And so 
it all adds up to being a bit divided, as you say. And and as we reported at the time, Scott, I think this. We haven't. I think we're, I'm looking into this, but it doesn't. It's not very good for Marcus Rashford. It's not looking good for him. But I have been told, Scott, that Steve McLaren is a, is a big fan of Marcus Rashford. So if he comes in the coaching team, I wouldn't say it's a nail in the coffin for Rashford because you know, McLaren's been brought in by Ten Hag. That deal isn't done yet, but they are working on it. He's been brought in to be that ally to the players. He'll be close to these English players especially. And so I wouldn't underestimate Steve McLaren coming in. I think he could help steady the ship in a lot of ways. I really do. Um, Toby, I'll bring you in here because we have seen uh, various reports of player unhappiness uh, and we've essentially confirmed as such as well um, with United under Rannick. Do the players have too much power and is this the right way for United to go in terms of addressing that player power that has taken over? Something is fundamentally wrong at Manchester United. I think that much is clear from the results over the past few years. Um, I've never known a football club to have so many leaks and so many things come out to the press. I've never known so many players to take to social media after a game to apologise for a timid, weak performance. Um, But I've also never known a group of players to seemingly throw the manager under the bus, like they've done with Ralph Raniuk, it appears, um, during his interim spell and towards the end of Ollie's reign. Look, they they basically downed tools there as well. The performances were dreadful. The results were dreadful. And they've got worse under Ranić. Um, it's weird. We all encourage players to use social media platforms to engage and interact with fans. And that's seen as a positive thing. But it has given them this platform and this power to perhaps use it in a way that could undermine the manager. Um, and look, they're the ones on the pitch not getting the results for United. The winning percentage under Ralph Raniuk is 40%. I think he's won 10 of his 25 games in charge. And there's only 11 players on the pitch, and it's not Ralph Raniuk. It's the ones who are out there. Um, so they have to take some accountability for what's gone wrong. And if they knew how to fix it, they would have fixed it by now. But they haven't. They're out of the race for the top four by the look of it. And to be honest, Raniuk has been in this business a hell of a lot a lot longer than they have. And okay, he's never been at a big club like Manchester United before, but he brings experience. He is valued. Um, he's got a good reputation within football. He's better positioned to have a view on Ten Hag and what the future looks like rather than these players. So you can keep an eye out in the next few days on 90min.com for a big update that Graham and I will put out on Manchester United. We'll talk about the squad. Uh, their relation with Ralph Ranić and Eric Ten Hag and what they kind of think of that appointment. Um, we'll also address uh, some speculation which has been going around on social media around Paul Mitchell's potential position as well. Uh, Graham, for the podcast, uh, could you in, in get us or enlighten us on the latest around him, around Paul Mitchell and his potential position at United, if there is to be one? Yeah, well, this fits in with the with the John Murtagh, the Ten Hag situation. Paul Mitchell is a close ally of Ragnick, huge fans of each other, they work together. And this is a guy with a big reputation as a sporting director. So he, he does fit into this. And it appears that John Murtagh really is putting a team together here. He's kept Matt Judge, 
who is one of the best negotiators in English football. And, and I think this must give the United fans a bit of confidence that are actually going to fill in these positions, not just with a, a Darren Fletcher, not to say he isn't good at his job, but Paul Mitchell comes with a huge reputation abroad. He did great work at Tottenham. He was the man who found Delhi Alley, but he also lined up with big deals. He can do it all. And, and, do you know what? If, if the Ragnick appointment in Hag, I think from an outsider's point of view, I think Paul Mitchell excites me out of any of the appointments. I think long term, you could see Mitchell being there for quite a while. And I think John Murta, who was obviously doing his job, but I think they needed this player with football experience, but also in that technical role. And I think Paul Mitchell ticks an awful lot of boxes. Yes, indeed. I will, we'll see how this plays out. But I mean, you know, United have essentially gone from having... Ed Woodward in charge of things to, well, you know, with limited football acumen, he's, he, he sees a shiny toy, wants to buy it for loads of money and uh, just expect it all to work. Uh, Paul Pogba has been an example of that, probably. Uh, there's been other, other countless examples as well. And it seems like United, from what we're understanding, are starting to recognise that there's a, things that needs to be addressed upstairs and put football people in football positions to make the football decisions. And maybe you'll be better off on the pitch. So we'll, that, I'm sure that'll come together over the next few weeks. And, and but fair, fair play to Richard Arnold, really. Yes, exactly. He's, definitely. He, he's leaving, he, he said, right, John Murta, you're running the football. You, you assemble that team. And so, he, and, and, and from what we know, Arnold just says, I want a concise process here. I want you to go over all things. So fair play to Richard Arnold here so far. Yes, uh, I think we have, uh, we have reported as well that, you know, Pochettino was essentially Ed Woodward's man. And I think maybe Richard Arnold wanting to put his own stamp on United since assuming the role that he's just assumed, you could probably symbolise, you know. Yeah, it was the fans, the players' choice as well, from what yeah. we believe, Scott. And, and Arnold, although not dismissing that, wasn't totally over, over, overwhelmed by that. So, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the players. Uh, and David De Gea, a potential new contract on the table for him. He has got criticism from from supporters for you know his distribution being off a little bit and you know loads is made of Eric Ten Hag the way that he plays football and how important it is to have a keeper who can distribute properly but I'm looking at this situation and I'm kind of seeing a bit of sense in a new contract for David De Gea because of his squad status and it's not to say that his his distribution can't be improved if that is something that needs to be worked on with a coach who improves players Uh, so it does look like a new contract's on the table for uh, David De Gea, Graham. Yeah, well, we revealed in February, Scott, that United were willing to talk about this. They've got an option on him to take him through to 2024, but they wanted to make sure he was happy. He wanted to set. He wanted to stay. And and Saucer told me we're doing a story which will be on the site as the pod goes out. Someone at United told me they see De Gea as a stabilising element within the squad. You know, he isn't one of these at the moment. He was kicking up a fuss. De Gea just wants success and, and as I think we talked offline the three of us uh, yesterday saying if David De Gea is your biggest problem in that squad then you've come a long way he you know on, on Ten Hag's to-do list unless it's new contract with De Gea replacing De Gea is not on, in his top 10 to-do list is it I, 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 don't, I like De Gea I know I hear United fans about his distribution and stuff you know it's getting a little bit technical for the fans you know you've got a world-class goalkeeper accept it boo-hoo you've got a world-class goalkeeper <laughs> there's a lot of teams th- without those I think that fans look at the way that Pep treated Claudio Bravo for for Edison and you know bought Claudio Bravo for what 16 20 million and then after a season was like all right this isn't good enough and then he bought Edison for 30 odd million now he's been the mainstay of City's 
City's goalkeeping and defence for a number of years. And we'll we'll talk about Manchester City as well here because they are involved in a race for Declan Rice, Toby. Uh, we have reported in recent days about Declan Rice's future. And it seems as though a, a Manchester battle uh, is going to ensue for his signature. Yeah. Looks like Declan Rice, is, it's inevitable he will leave West Ham. West Ham wants to get another 12 months out of him. He has two and a half years, or just under two and a half years left on his deal, with the optional extension of another year. So West Ham will trigger that undoubtedly to preserve his value. So another 12 months out of him. And then by that time, he will be one of the best central midfielders in the world. Right now, you could argue that he's one of the best central midfielders in Europe because of what he offers to a team. His physicality, his stamina, his range of passing, his ability to protect and keep the ball. And he makes countless interceptions for West Ham in the areas that you would want the ball to be picked up the most. And for Manchester United, they're obviously crying out for a central midfielder who can get hold of a game, can dictate the tempo and just calm things down as well when the pressure is on. Declan Rice provides all of that for West Ham. Um, it's funny, actually, he had to slot into the centre-back role against Chelsea at the weekend when Craig Dawson was sent off and the goal that Chelsea scored in stoppage time typically would have been a ball that Declan Rice would have cut out had he been in his natural position. But he was obviously playing centre-back and that allowed Pulisic to be into the, the space to score. Um, but I can see why Manchester City would want Declan Rice as well. I know we look at City squad and say that it's incredible and that does it really need strengthening. Pep's going to be looking long-term um, for a partner. To, it could even be to replace Rodri long-term. Um, Fernandinho is going. We've obviously heard that from him during a press conference recently. Um, Ilkay Gundogan's future is not absolutely nailed down. I know he's happy to stay at City if there was another contract offer, but he's, what, 31 and he could potentially move on. Declan Rice is the future. If he goes to City or United, he's going to be there for the next decade, you would have thought. Um, United will have to stump up a really, really good offer and have to sell him a great project in order to get him away from City, that being said, because Rice going to City would be... I dread to think how many... Him and Haaland at City. Just uh, Yeah, I just dread to think how good they play for second place. <laughs> don't, don't you think though Toby he's the, he's the closest thing to Paul Ince we've seen in a long time but if you think how far Rice has come two years ago we reported the fact that Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea they were a bit in different camps as to what they saw Rice as some of them thought he was a, a future world-class centre-half which no doubt he could be and some thought he was just holding midfielder in that spit, this space of two years 18 months he has accelerated his his level has gone through the roof. We're forgetting where he was two years ago. He wasn't, we weren't quite sure. We knew he was a great talent, but I think he's taken his game on so much. That, so much of his, yeah, so much of his game has moved on. I think the big one matured, is... He's matured, hasn't he, so well? Absolutely. Um, in terms of leadership, he's assumed the on-field captaincy for the best part of 18 months because Mark Noble has not been a regular starter. We know he's coming to the end of his career. So Rice has taken on that mantle to not only take West Ham from a relegation side, he's been the driving force and the leader that's pushed them to top six contenders for two consecutive years. And they could be Europa League finalists. That is insane. But none of that would have been possible without Declan Rice in midfield. I know Jared Bowen's been brilliant up front and there's been one or two other standout players, but Declan Rice is the glue that holds all of that together. 
And he's also become a key player for England. You couldn't imagine Declan Rice not being in England's midfield. He's the first name, or one of the first names on the team sheet for me because of everything that he offers. Um, and look how he's overtaken Jordan Henderson there, who was Southgate's main man. It's quickly become apparent from that Rice is obviously Henderson's, he's managed to replace Henderson, who was a key figure so seamlessly, isn't he, in that team? Yeah, and the other thing with Rice is that we obviously saw him emerge as a centre-back, as we said three years ago. There was kind of laughter, I think, that he was playing in the holding role because he was a mm. bit of a skinny teenager. He hadn't really bulked up. Um, but now you couldn't imagine wasting a talent such as Declan Rice in the back four. Funny we say that, he's probably going to have to play there this Sunday against Arsenal because West Ham don't have any defenders. Um, <laughs> but we will see actually the impact that that has on West Ham, him not being in midfield, because it will be substantial. Graham, are you are you in the camp of expecting Rice to push through a departure this summer or do you think West Ham have a chance of keeping him for another year? I, I think he'll leave. I think West Ham behind the scenes are accepting this. You know, they can't they can't give him what he wants. He's he's outgrowing them now. Maybe for the Europa League they have half a chance. But if he does sign a new deal, as Southern Toby reported last week, he will want a release clause. You know, if it's none of this, I'll shake hands with David Sullivan and let him uh, and, tr- and trust his word. Not saying I don't trust his word, but you know, everyone looks at the Levy to Harry Kane situation. He won't sign it without a release clause, and David Sullivan doesn't do release clauses. We know that as well. So, no, I think Rice is, is you no. Know, it'd be a perfect sign if they did win the Europa. And I think that we've always reported that we. My, my information was that City loved him, but been in for him. And I think City are worried that Manchester United will just pay the one twenty. And I think they know. I think City know what a generational talent Rice is. It's all very well Jude Bellingham and, and Callum Phillips. Rice is a proven Premier League performer one of the best in the Premier League. Jude Bellingham, yeah, he will be great, but he's still a risk at the same price. So you go and get Declan Rice. Declan Rice is very much a player that you know that you can build a team around. And uh, I think City and- aware, City, City think, do we let United get this player? And he's one player who you think, no, we can't afford United to get This could be their Roy Keane for the next 10 years. We can't afford to let him go to United. And I think City are thinking that. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about an England international teammate uh, of Declan Rice or for maybe former international teammate. I'm sure they played together in camps before, but Jesse Lingard hasn't really been in the mix more recently. They used to play together at West Ham, obviously. And Toby, you did see Jesse Lingard tear it up at West Ham last season. Uh, But he's gone back to Manchester United and has been anonymous, essentially. He's, He's not been able to get in the team when he has played. He's been anonymous. And he is... Seemingly a part of Newcastle United's transfer plans. Uh, and that is a piece that you have put together, Graham, for nightingmin.com. An extensive look, uh, a notebook, if you will, on what Newcastle are planning to do this summer. And I'm going to throw a bunch of names at you now. Uh, Jesse Lingard, Dean Henderson, uh, Bernd Leno, Hugo Ekatike, Matt Target, Diego Carlos, Sven Botman, and I'm missing others as well. Uh, what can we expect at a Newcastle this summer? Yeah, as 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 I will allude to in the piece, it's they're looking at the, they did a lot of stuff in January, not just the business they did do, but they set a lot of deals up. Hugo Ekateki is a player that Eddie Howe loves. He's a ream teenager. Obviously, became very we became very fond of Ekateki. I'm not sure fond is the right word, but we, we our knowledge of Hugo Ekateki went through the roof in January. He's a very good player. 
And I think that that one is set up. That will be done in terms of what we understand, some sort of structured loan deal, which will help Newcastle with their financial fair play. They, wear, they are wary of that. Not that they need a limit now, but then going forward, they have to be very aware of it. So deals like Ekateki can be structured in that way. And I fully expect that. Hearing from Ekateki's people, they believe he will be moving to Newcastle United, 19-year-old. And he brings that age of the squad down, which is also a massive concern for Eddie Howe. And this squad is huge. Remember, they left out Kieran Clark, Jamal Lewis and Jeff Hendrick in January simply because they didn't have room. That's how many players Newcastle have got. They've got a lot of players to get rid of, which they will do. And then they're going to do it sensibly, you know. They wanted to sign Matt Target in January and they're going to get this deal done. We believe the fee is £15 million already agreed. That's a very healthy deal for both Newcastle and Villa. He's gone in there. He's exactly the sort of player really how loves professional Premier League. And he has performed very well there. So they'll get that deal done for 15 It's not over the top. It's sensible. And Jesse Lingard, the player who they almost signed on deadline day, we know already that Eddie Howe loves this player. And I think he'd fit in nicely there as well. You know, there's, Newcastle are doing a lot. You know, they want this centre midfielder as well. We, we believe Calvin Phillips is high on their list, but I think they'll get these other deals done first. The ones that progressed in January. But I think it's slowly, slowly, you know, Eddie Howe is he, he's being sensible. Yeah, he does have this pot of gold for the Saudi public investment fund. So if Harry Kane comes on the market or stuff like that, but you can see they're not getting involved in Declan Rice. They have their targets, they know who they want. And there is a bit of sensible, but being sensible with it. Yeah, we've got Bruno Guimaraes in there, but it's going to be, I think, dotted around. There's going to be a real solidifying effect that Eddie Howe brings this summer. And it'll start with the likes of a target, a Lingard, a Kiteke, players who he knows and likes. And then at centre-half, they brought Dan Burden, who has proved to be an outstanding signing. And as you say, the goalkeeper as well, Scott, again, it goes back to January. They try to sign Leno and Henderson. They've done the homework there. So why would they change tack? And I expect one of those two keepers to come in. And United, yeah. obviously, United obviously hope it will be Henderson. <laughs> uh, you know, Newcastle did cop a little bit of flack for the players that they signed in January uh, from on, on social in some places. Uh, but their upturn in form since has been... Hands up. I, I, I wasn't sure about Dan Bird. I wasn't sure about Dan Bird. But I will tell you, since he's gone in there... He's looked like a bigger version of Bobby Moore. He's been absolutely outstanding on home. He really had. I, I wasn't a huge fan of his at Brighton, but since he's gone to black and white, he's been brilliant. Yeah, t- Toby, uh, Dean, not Dean Henderson, uh, Jesse Lingard obviously spent some time at West Ham. Yeah. There, there is interest still there. I mean, to me, it does, this isn't by any way confirmed like from our side, but it does look likely that he might end up going to Newcastle United. Do, do you think that this is a place that Lingard can rediscover the form we saw at West Ham? I think it is because Newcastle are still positioned in the same way that West Ham. They don't play football on the front foot, so to speak. They're not going to dominate possession. The big teams and other teams will push their defences lines up higher. And the way that Lingard excelled at West Ham last year was fast-paced counter-attacks. Manchester United, for all of their struggles still don't get that luxury. They don't have defences sitting on the halfway line, allowing them to run in behind. And Newcastle, for the next couple of years, are probably going to still have teams fancying their chances of beating them before they become a top, top team. So Lingard's, what, 29? He's got two or three years, probably where he's he's in his peak right now, um, or he should be if he was playing as many games as his age dictates that he should. Um 
and he'd only go to Newcastle what on a on a three year deal maybe, and it would be a perfect stint for him. Mm. Two years maybe as a regular, the third year potentially getting phased out as Newcastle looked to scale up. But he'd go there and perform. And I think the one thing that Newcastle fans love are players who give their all. Mm. West Ham fans really enjoy Jesse Lingard because he gives 110%. He is that person pressing the full back into an error. He will then chase down the goalkeeper. He will then scamper across the pitch to chase down the other fullback. Um, Newcastle need players like that. And that's what Eddie Howe likes. It's the kind of profile player that Eddie Howe likes. And I think it would be a really smart move for him. He, um, he'd still be able to do a job for West Ham. Are you disappointed, Toby? Would you be disappointed to lose him with given the form of Boyne, Van Aals, Lanzini? It's not a massive need for you, is it? It's not a massive need. I think speaking as a West Ham fan now, no, I wouldn't be too disappointed if Lingard went to Newcastle. Asked me last summer, I was pretty upset that he chose not to come back or that the deal didn't happen for whatever reason. Um, and I can now understand why he would go to Newcastle because we've touched on wage structures before. Newcastle can offer Jesse Lingard for far more than West Ham can. That is the reality of it. And for West Ham to push through and go for Lingard, they would need to match what Newcastle are paying him. And that would open up a whole can of worms with other players. So they're going to have to let that one go. Um, but for Newcastle, I think he would represent a great signing and would build on a very successful January where they were smart in what they did. I know people looked at the names, like we've just said, and thought, oh, they're not great. But they brought in two fullbacks, a centre-back, a central midfielder and a striker, the core spine of the team that needed a little bit of extra quality. And now they're going to build on it this summer with a few signings, I think. The future's bright for them. We've seen it already, how good they've been under Eddie Howe. They're, they're what, ninth in the league? Um, yeah, keep, this in, keep this in mind that Newcastle in, in January were in danger of going mm-hmm. down and now they're ninth in the league with a 14 point gap to the prem, to the to the relegation zone although someone, Everton someone did suggest to me Scott and we can discuss this in a future pod Eddie Howe should be a contender for manager of the year it's a, it's a hell of an upturn it really is uh, and they do deserve a lot of credit for the way that they've uh, acquired and I know that you know, they, they did get some stick for that, but they, they have identified not so flashy players, but players who were could make the team better and get them out of uh, out of trouble. Is it a United to... fan that you're worried by them, Scott, in the in next two well, years? Are you worried by I, Newcastle? I, I think every team should be worried by Newcastle. You know, that they'll especially United. I mean, you, you look at the <laughs> look at the state that United are in now. I think the fact that United are looking at their structure above is absolutely necessary because otherwise they will be overtaken by Newcastle, probably even by next season if they don't. And get don't, it right. let's not forget Dan Ashworth. Uh, the latest will be in St James's by November. Um, we will be doing a piece on this shortly. That they're hoping to be able to do a deal with Brighton to get him in this summer as well. So they've already got their structure sorted as well. Just really goes to show how important the structure is. And before we wrap up on Newcastle, Graham. Uh, we've already spoken about Dean Henderson and Burnley. I know there's a decision to be made there from Newcastle. Uh, at centre-back as well, Diego Carlos, Sven Botman. What are you expecting Newcastle to do in terms of addressing that position? Yeah, there's so many that we haven't touched on the centre midfield where I think Calvin Phillips will come into the equation. But yeah, centre-half, the Botman looks like he's going to Milan. Uh, Schlosselberg Beck who was a very good player at Freiburg is going to go to Dortmund. They do like Carlos. I do wonder if his age is slightly against him. Although, for him he always wanted to come you know he wanted to come in January so I'd keep an eye on that I think that might still be an option for them but I think Lloyd Kelly at Bournemouth is a player they like a lot in terms of the goalkeeper 
it's very interesting. You know, Leno and Henderson both playing up an upgrade on Dubravka. I think Henderson is one where I think they may do a long-term loan with an obligation with a mandatory fee at some point. But, you know, signing an international goalkeeper, like I know Dubravka's done well, but Leno and Henderson are both a huge step up from him. So as you say, it's, it's he's getting it, Toby said, he's getting his building blocks in place, Eddie Howe, and he's doing it very impressively. Um, but it's not, you know, I, th- I don't think they'll they'll just bow to whatever United want for Henderson. And I said, Leno's there. If, if you don't agree with United on Henderson, you can go get Burn Leno, who... For me, it's probably the better of the two anyway. Yes, indeed. The only thing I would say with Henderson is that if he was a regular goalkeeper for Newcastle, I think within 12 months, he'd be England's number one. Well, do you think, obviously that's the thing, if if he goes there Toby this summer, he's got those six weeks to get into the England squad. It's not beyond the realms of fantasy that Henderson goes to the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale uh, is in there at the moment with a shout. Jordan Pickford's been the established number one. There's other names in there too, but obviously... Uh, Dean Henderson, we've seen what he can do in the Premier and Je- League. And Jesse, okay, Jesse as well. That's one of the reasons he'll be going to Newcastle. He'll, yeah. If he has that six, if he starts the season brilliantly, he's got a great chance of going. Indeed. Uh, let's, you mentioned building blocks there a second ago, Graham. And I, I did want to transition into a key building block that Chelsea will be losing from their defence. Uh, Antonio Rudiger, who has, as Thomas Tuchel has confirmed, confirmed... Oh, I said confirmed twice there. Uh, confirmed that he will be leaving. It is a Chelsea. huge blow. It's worth two comments. It's, a, it's such, such a huge blow for Chelsea. It's worth double confirmation. It's a double confirmation, but it's a huge blow for Chelsea, isn't it? What what uh, what are we expecting uh, Rudiger to do next, Graham? Yeah, Real Madrid think they've got him. They're, they're confident of doing this. You know, everyone's been in for him. You know, Bayern Munich. PSG, Manchester United sniffed at him. But I think it's just one of those where can you say no to Real Madrid? And, and you just can't. And I think Antonio Rudiger's going, we've said it long, it's not really about the finances, but he's gonna, he was going to get well rewarded wherever he went. Of course he was. And he's played this really well. We've been reporting for, what, 18 months now that he was likely to leave. He, he'd fallen out of favour at Chelsea. Um, he, him and his people had fallen out with Marina Gravenskaya. That was due to some ridiculous offers, what's been said to me, that he was made. At times, being offered a £1,000 a week pay rise by Marina. So he said, well, he's back and he's backed himself. If you, if you only think I'm worth that, what is the point in me staying? So he's backed himself. He's won. He's, the gamble's paid off. He doesn't see it as a gamble. It's got where he wanted to. And now he's going to go to Real Madrid, a long-term deal. Because, and because of that, the, the tie-in was, he was waiting for Chelsea's new owners to come in. But it appears that most of these consortiums are planning to keep Graven Sky in place for a little while anyway. So once that was confirmed, he was never going to stay. And uh, yeah, I know, again, nightmare joke in the office. I'm a huge fan of Rudigan, not so many in the office. I think he's one of the world's best and this Real Madrid team is going to look frightening if they if they get their plans in place. Um, I think he's a cracking sign because I think I don't I didn't like David Alaba at centre half. I think this allows him maybe to play on the left left back. And if it does do that, then that Real Madrid defence is improved massively in my eyes. Yes, indeed. Uh, there's a player that Real Madrid would also like to add to their uh, attacking department as well, isn't there, Toby? <laughs> Well, many attacking players they would like <laughs> to bring in, but yeah, certain Kylian Mbappe is going to be the marquee signing probably of the decade. Um, as much as Erling Haaland might want to trump that. And look at that, Rudiger and Mbappe. On, imagine if you get them to on free transfers. Wow. 
Yes, indeed. Uh, we are we are actually running out of time here, so I'm going to uh, to wrap us up today because uh, we've had a few technical difficulties today, but hopefully you haven't been able to notice that as you've been listening. Uh, but this has been Talking Transfers, a brand new show from the 90 Min Podcast Network. Uh, you'll be joined by myself, Graham and Toby each week with a potential guest uh, to be added to the mix, depending on what topic we're talking about. Please subscribe to our show on all your major podcast platforms, Although not a cast, apparently Graham, who is who is quite uh Yeah, quite... no, yeah, they've announced they're shutting the app down, which is staggering. Like, n- nearly a nearly a billion users and they're, and they're shutting it down. So no, it's staggering. I'm one of many disappointed Acast users who is desperately searching for a new uh, a new provider. So if anyone's got any anyone know how to drop me on Twitter, let me know what you use. But yeah, there's a lot of Android listeners who are search scratching around now for a new provider. Well Sp- Spotify and Apple. You know? This podcast almost didn't happen because Graham was that upset. <laughs> yes, yeah, but there's a uh, there's plenty of alternatives though, Graham. There's, Acast uh, forever, Acast forever. <laughs> Apple Podcasts for for iPhone users, uh, Spotify and Google Pods as well. I believe we are on and we are available to download from. So subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter too at underscore Scott Saunders for me at Graham Bailey for Graham and at Toby underscore Cudworth for Toby. We'll be back soon uh, and have a great week, everyone. Catch you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.